Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. That's right, folks. Andrew Coppins with you. Yes, thank you, Pat, for the... um, the day off yesterday I appreciate you filling in you know fully filling in I, I don't know if anybody can really fill my shoes though pat um, i'm just so great awesome really? fantastic really no 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 but uh i <clears throat> i do appreciate the opportunity to fill in for you i Is also it really filling appreciate... in though it's just more like uh talking more than you usually do yeah well and and here's here's the thing i don't know necessarily if that's a good or a bad thing audience let me know yeah uh i i also appreciate that um i got a hundred bucks of your money yesterday Mm -hmm, sure because i have an extra hundo laying around the house Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah okay tell that to my wife it is what happens when you play hooky have that conversation with uh mrs coppins once I'm sure she'd be a blo- she'll oblige. Because because guess who has the uh, the? Are you the kidding budget? me? She's the one who makes the budget in this house. So okay, so she makes the budget, but yeah. but does, does she have control of the wallet? Oh hell no, no. Okay, well then, so you you still owe me a hundred bucks. All right, enough of all of that. Do not forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter with me at The Coppin Show. Pat is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Pat Oni Show. And of course, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Find the podcast wherever you like to find your podcast. And by the way, if we're not on the bo- on the podcast provider that you use or the app that you use, let us know. Hit us up on DM or hit us up on uh, Twitter, on our Facebook page, whatever. 
it's very simple. We just might not know that that's a place that we should be distributing it to, and we'd be happy to do so for you so that you can subscribe and not miss a single episode. But folks, you are not going to want to miss the second half of today's program. The one and only Steve Dace, author of Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer, will join us to talk about the book, to talk about COVID stand, to talk about all that wonderful goodness. And uh, and um, Pat, you're, you're wearing a Buckeye shirt. <clears throat> He's a Michigan yep. fan. Yeah, I, I, I dressed up for him. You think I'll like it? Well, we're going to find out. Hopefully he doesn't walk off like he did on CNN that one time. Uh, I, I will say this book is uh, really well done for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part is that uh, he didn't actually get a degree from Michigan, did he? Uh, I think he no. went to Michigan State for a little bit and majored in Tecmo Bowl and beer. I mean, you would you would know better than I would. So yeah, because I'm closer to him in age probably than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad reality. But hey, folks, we have a lot coming up on the program again. The second half of the program, that interview with Steve Dace, he will play the B or not the B with us, and uh, all that wonderful goodness. But Pat, while I was gone, what in the blue hell happened in the state of Utah? Like, like seriously, what in the blue actual hell is going on in your state? Well, a um, couple things. One, um, we apparently had the editorial board of the Salt Lake Tribune just go off on the unvaccinated everywhere and basically spew out a bunch of word vomit. Second of all, uh, there was a call from said editorial board in this article for the governor to uh, call upon the National Guard to uh, keep the unvaccinated uh, confined to their homes. But Wait, thankfully, what? you heard me. You heard me. Uh, it was to, to use the National Guard to keep them confined to their homes because they're unvaccinated. They can't go out in public. They can't go out and possibly be around everyone else. Um, second of all, thankfully, th there is this tidbit here is that uh, we have a uh, relatively uh, spineless governor, and there is no way in hell that he is going to do this. Not if he wants a full-on revolt. Because my question to you, Pat, then, at that point in time, do we not live in an actual tyranny? Like, like we live in an actual situation that... Uh, we we've been trying to hopefully avoid here. Mm -hmm. But I mean, do you think the unvaccinated don't have this thing called the Second Amendment, right? And and what do you think is going to happen when they try to do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, right. it's just all bad, very bad, horrible. But this is one of three stories this past weekend while I was away um, visiting family doing our uh, belated Christmas because uh, one of us had COVID three days before Christmas. Andrew Coppins. Yep, 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 yep. But um, 
it has become increasingly clearer to me that there is a there are two battles going on in America. And the first battle is between those who want to believe and still believe in constitution and life liberty the pursuit of happiness, right? And the people who believe in all out government control, you can call them socialist, communist, whatever you want to label it as, but it 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 begins at totalitarian control, right? It begins at authoritarianism. So that's the battle that that that's number one. And then number two, we have a battle within the group that believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that battle is those who believe that um, we we can still go back to the times where um, we all agree on the set of rules. And this is just one of those three stories, Pat. And maybe 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 we save this. And I don't know if we have enough time because there's so much to get into with this story. Mm-hmm. But Pat, um, the three stories that I'm speaking on, one is this, right? The second is the Salt Lake newspaper, or, or excuse me, the second is a Rasmussen poll talking about Democrats' um, beliefs amongst the unvaccinated, okay? When it comes to what they should do to the unvaccinated in this country. So that's number two. And then the third story is, well, I don't know if I should even mention the story of Mixed Company. I I, I really don't. Um, oh, boy. But um, do I, do I, do I, do I? The, the third part of this is the continued cancellation of anybody who happens to speak differently than the almighty scientific community. And we saw this with um, them pressuring Spotify, making Joe Rogan shut up about COVID and all this other stuff, right? Right. So I think we start here with the Salt Lake Tribune, right? Because this is the start of the article or the editorial, okay? The the U, the the headline and the subheadline, right? Utah leaders have surrendered to COVID pandemic. The editorial board writes, cowardice and misinformation at all levels have left each one of us to fight this battle alone. Oh yes, Andrew Coppins, uh, Mojo Five O Network. You you have a question? Um. Pat, uh-huh. is this or is this not a battle that every person has to fight alone? That would be correct. And I'll, I'll can I explain why? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Please do. Because everyone's going to react to this thing very differently. There isn't a cure. There are only therapeutics. And you have a 99.9% chance of surviving. So you are going to react very differently than others, especially if you have comorbidities. Specifically, according to the CDC, four or more comorbidities. Um, and being able to um, essentially weather the storm on your own because it, it's going to impact you differently than, say, me. Now, Pat, um, 
I, I want to preface the rest of this discussion around this topic, okay. or not this topic, but this story here. So the other day, as I'm getting all of our stuff ready to to bring down the elevator, get packed in to the car, right, to, to head up north, I get into the elevator, and, and one of the uh, board members here in the building is, is in there. And um, her name is Karen. It, she is not a Karen, but um, she was one of the people here in the building who was like COVID crazy at the very beginning, right? Just mm-hmm. everything was scary and, and, you know, blah, 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 right? So we get to the, we get to talking because we're also on a committee together here in the building. And um, she was like, you know, I'm just done with this. I'm just done with this, right? Like, I we're all going to get it. And it might be a mild cold for some people. It might be a little bit different for the other people. And uh, we just have to live life. Which is what you and I have been saying for, what, two years? Two plus years, yes. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about this. Somebody who at the very beginning of the pandemic was afraid of everything, afraid of her own shadow, right, is now talking like that. And we've seen it across the board here. So... They go on in this story to say that that wan fluttering noise you hear coming from the direction of the Capitol building is the sound of the state of Utah waving the white flag of surrender in the battle against the COVID-19 pandemic. It's tragic, it's disgraceful, and there's a lot of blame to go around. Folks, even the even the most ardent mask wearers, the most ardent, I'm afraid, fear mongers of the early part of the pandemic are now literally telling me specifically they're done. Is it surrender or is it a realization, Pat? And this is a great example of how we live in two different worlds. For us, that's not surrender. For us, this is a realization that we are not God. We don't have the capability to do that in that we live in a world in which the vaccine that was given to us, number one, is not a vaccine, and number two, doesn't do a good job of being a therapeutic either. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? You know, uh, not not to uh, let the cat out of the bag too much, but I, I think this is like a good segue for um, Steve Dace's book that we're going to be interviewing him about in about a half an hour or less here. Um, and that is, you know, you, you got to do what you believe. And at the end of the day, um, there is one person in control, and that's God Himself. Uh, we are not in control. Um, I can tell you one thing, at least for the state of Utah, it's that um, first of all, we have legislation and laws passed here where where the um, government can't take the measures that it took, you know, in the early days of the pandemic. It can't just do those things anymore. It can't just declare a state of emergency. It can't do that. Second of all, like I said, we have a spineless governor in, in Spencer Cox. He, he has very little principles, if at all, and he's really a Republican in name only. But I think even he knows that if he were to try anything in terms of trying to mandate a vaccine or trying to keep people locked down, he's going to have a full-on revolt on his hands. Well, that and- being said, he is... Uh, spineless in this case for the right reasons 
And I think he is finally understood because he's even come out and said recently that uh, masks really don't work, even though he was big on that in the very beginning of the, of the pandemic. And he's realizing that, you know what? I'm not in control of this. We can't control the laws of nature. Getting sick and getting and, getting, and dealing with viruses is part of the laws of nature. And that he's not going to be able to control it at the end of the day. God is in control. That is all who is in control. We must live our lives and do the best that we humanly possibly can. Yeah, and and I want you to hear this because this is the this is the other side talking. Government government officials, mostly but not exclusively Republicans, were apparently determined not to be caught governing in the face of this challenge. Any move or recommendation to mask up or when safe and effective vaccines became available available to make vaccination a requirement of admission to public places in society in general was shouted down as an unwarranted imposition on individual freedoms. Instead, we are left to listen to various forms of foolishness and misinformation, promises of being recused by everything from a bleach cocktail to horse dewormers to most recently drinking our own urine. So now we are all, uh, excuse me, so now we are free, all right, free to fend for ourselves, to watch our children lose weeks, months, or more of their precious educational opportunities, to wonder whether it is safe to go to work or to the store or to sporting events, to see businesses close for want of employees or lack of customers. This is, you can't possibly live in a world in which these people, so you can't live in their world, right? We cannot live in that world. This is a completely alternate reality. They would see our world as an alternate reality because they do. They call it horse dewormers. This is a, this is the, Worst of the worst of the lies of COVID stand of the left when it comes to this. I mean, least cocktail. This is, what the hell are they talking about? Right. That's not I mean, something the is, president, uh, Donald Trump, ever talked about. Ever. This is ultimately Chicken Little screaming at the rest of the world that the sky is falling. Can you share a country with people who literally think like this? Is this possible? No, it is not. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Well, I mean, this article really, really acts like the world is ending. I mean, that's how dramatic this article is. I mean, thank it, goodness it's an op-ed. And, and it ends an like this. This mm-hmm. isn't an op-ed. This is the editorial board of right. the newspaper. This is the governing group of the newspaper, Pat. This is their voice. This is the voice of the Salt Lake Tribune, one of the two biggest or three biggest newspapers in the West Coast of the country. Right. This is what they say at the end of this, right? That got all the dander up. Were Utah a truly civilized place, the governor's next move would be to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign we should have launched a year ago, going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure that people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed, well, anywhere. Now, Pat, I bring this up to bring this other story to you. Rasmussen Poll. 
if you are unvaccinated, 55% of Democrats want to fine you. Uh, 59% want you confined to your home. 48% want you fined or imprisoned for questioning vaccine efficacy. 45% want you forced into designated facilities, a la New Zealand, a la Australia. 46% want you digitally tracked. And 29%, so almost a third, want to take your children. Now, we couple that with the stories we saw last week of a teacher vaccinating a child, jabbing a child against the, the wishes of the parent, right? Then we have the story of um, a parent who is a teacher, by the way, as well. Are you seeing a pattern here? Um, yeah. Locking their kid into the trunk of the car because they thought the kid might be positive for COVID-19. Locking them in the trunk to go get tested for COVID nineteen. So so let's abuse our kids because they 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 might actually have COVID nineteen. Now I ask this because I ask a very serious question. Do you believe that we share a common set of not even principles but rules of which our society should govern itself? Do you think According that's possible? According to the Salt Lake Tribune, and apparently this Rasmussen poll, that's a hell no. We don't even have that in common anymore. What do we have in common? Nothing. The sooner you understand that we live in a world in which we have nothing in common with these people. And that, yes, we might be, quote-unquote, in the minority, right? We might not be the quote-unquote norm of society. But just because something is quote-unquote normal doesn't make it right, doesn't make it true, doesn't make it just. You know, normal society believes all sorts of things to have been true, and they're not. The left believes all sorts of things to be true, and they're not. The right believes all sorts of things to be true, and some of them are not. It is in an impossible scenario in which we can live side by side with people that believe that. And it's not because they're insulting me. It's because what has been our guiding principle throughout this? Do what's right for you and your family, and let me do what's right for me and my family. It's just that simple. If you want to get the vaccine, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to do so because I don't know your personal medical history. I respect whatever decision that you want to make. But are you going to afford me the same respect? That answer right there is no. And this is coming from the same group of people, Pat, over the past few years who sat there and told us that the vaccine wasn't going to be safe, wasn't going to be effective, wasn't going to be this, wasn't going to be that, right? We, we've played all the clips of all of them telling us all the lies about the jab. I want you to think about that, right? We do not live in the same 
country as those people. We don't. We cannot live in the same country because we don't share common principles, values, anything other than geography with many of these people. This is what we talk about when we talk about cultural war, when we talk about um, the loggerheads, two worldviews competing. This is what I'm talking about. They don't believe that I have the right to make a choice for myself that's best for me and my family. That's just as simple as that. Now, Pat, I, I sent you a, a substack from Alex Berenson. Sometimes I think he does good work and sometimes it can be questionable, but I want I want you to think about this, right? Mm. What, what's the number one thing that potentially happens to people when they get vaccinated that we know of right now? It starts with an M. Uh, myocarditis? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do we know about myocarditis? Um, that it's a very serious issue. It and it affects deadly. Yeah, it can be deadly. It can be fatal. And that it infects about one or affects about one in 2,000 to one in 3,000 um, people when they get the vaccine. Um, what if I told you that Pfizer was forced to stop selling a, a, a drug that um, stopped cow diarrhea because one in 6,000 calves that were born um, got a blood disease that would kill them, potentially. One in 6,000. I, I would totally believe it because they, they clearly care about cows more than they care about actual human beings. Again, one in 6,000 is unsafe to give to a cow. And it's a one in 6,000 chance that they would pass away in a cow. Again, I'm going to say this. One in 6,000 cows might die from getting that, that shot, that Pfizer vaccination. We know that it's between 1 in 2,000 to 1 in 3,000, somewhere in there, have a disease, will get a disease that could kill them. But more and more, jab, 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 keep jabbing until forebs, y'all. So, Pat, question for you. What happens when a badger, a buckeye, and a wolverine walk into a bar? Uh, the buckeyes win. Oh, oh. just just how, saying. How, how do you do that to our guests, Pat? I uh, very easily. Oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> but yes, we have a badger, we have a buckeye, and we have a wolverine with us. That's right, the host of the Steve Day Show, which you can watch on Blaze TV, listen on podcast, or on iHeartRadio via the Blaze Radio Network, and of course, a best-selling author of Faucian Bargain, and of course, uh, Pat, this new book of his. Yes, Do okay. What You Believe. Yeah, Do What You Believe, exactly, exactly. And I think that's where I want to start here. Uh, before we get into the book, though, I think we have to play our, our game of the day, Pat, $100 into the kitty if we get it correct, $50 if we get it wrong, no pressure to our guest, uh, Mr. Steve Dace. 
Um, <clears throat> we like to play the B or not the B, Babylon B versus not the B.com. We're going to give you the headline. You guess as to whether or not that headline comes from the Babylon B or not the B. Are you ready for the headline? I am, and it's been almost 800 days since Ohio State beat Michigan in football, so you're correct. That was wrong. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, even a giant weasel finds a, finds a nut sometimes. Indeed. <laughs> Put it this way. You guys won like 20 years in a row, and, and we still lead the rivalry. So that's how far behind you were. Ouch. Do try and catch up. Ouch. <laughs> we, we, right. we will. We will catch up. <laughs> All right. So today's headline is healthy high school kid fakes mental illness so he can fit in with everyone else. Again, the headline is healthy high school kid fakes mental illness so he can fit in with everybody else. Now, that's Steve, the Babylon B headline. Well, we don't even need to get into uh, making sure <laughs> that you had time to think about it. Are you sure that it's the Babylon B? It is. In fact, I just saw it yesterday. Yes. <laughs> because you're like <laughs> us and you check the Babylon Bee every day, right? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So the story is a freshman student at Sacagawea High School doesn't have any mental illness, sadly making him a loser nobody can relate to. The 15-year-old student whose name has not been released to the public doesn't have ADD, OCD, anxiety disorder, gender dysphoria, or even schizophrenia, say school counselors. Who asked classmate Sylvia Rodriguez, who sits next to the young man in third period English. Oh, that guy? He's a loser. He doesn't even have to see a therapist. We could go on, but I think you're all getting the point of this story. Thank you to the Babylon Bee, because this is so true. So very true. But let's go ahead and get back into the book. Um, the reason why you are here, Steve. And um, we had a chance to peruse the book and, and look through it. And it is a fascinating an easy read, and it asks some critical questions, which we love here on Critical Thinking. So I'm going to ask you this. Do what you believe, or you won't be free to do it or believe it for much longer. Um, what do we believe? And that, I think, is the theme of what we've been talking about here on the show, because we're our theme in 2022 is get used to different we have to do things differently. We have to think differently. We have to be okay being different in society and all of those things. But what are, what are the things that people who might be conservative or more like conservatarian, what are the things that we're supposed to believe? I don't even know if we know that answer. Well, I think one of the things that has happened is conservatism has been uh, branded as an ideology. And it's not. Uh, it's an observational science. It, I mean, the root word of conservative is conserve. And so it, what, it, what, it, what a conservative should seek to do, if, right, if the term is being rightly divided, is seek to conserve that which history has revealed. History, data, truth, facts, objective epistemological information, if we want to get really philosophical about it, should seek to conserve that which those things I just referenced reveal to be good, true, best, um, preferable, beautiful for the human condition. That's what it should be. What's become of it in America? And 
you know, I know the Republican Party has been described as a big tent. I describe it as a big tarp. And a, a tarp is what you roll out to cover the field in a rain delay in a baseball game. A tarp is what you run into to avoid a, a deluge or inclement weather to, for, for instant protection from it. But it also doesn't have like stakes in the ground. It, it doesn't have a, 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 a foundation, a cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually, if you stay under it long enough, the center cannot hold. And that's what I think the Republican Party is. I, I think every non-communist in America, the communists get elected, the cultural Marxists get elected, the spirit of the agers, as I like to call it, the spirit of the age gets elected and, and then just unleashes Romans one. Mm-hmm. And everybody else who's not in on the spirit of the age or an open Marxist in the culture and has, including a lot of people who've never even read Romans one, look and hide and run to the tarp for protection. And this is why the Republican Party is often the greatest minority party of all time. Here's why it sucks as a governing party. A lot of people that don't have a lot of shared assumptions and certainly don't have a lot of ideological um, shared conclusions about what to do instead. When when they make the reins, when the rain stops, when the voters and the voters are always the one that make the rain stop. Ron DeSantis is a rare example of a guy who has actually moved his state to the right, independent of its own political environment, and therefore changed the political calculus. Almost every other time the Republican Party wins an election, it's in reaction, particularly since Reagan left the stage. Pretty much every election of consequence Republicans win is in reaction to Democrats. And when voters have had have seen this as nuts, we can't do this any longer, get me out of here. But then what happens when the voters make the acid rain of the Democrats stop, and everybody who calls themselves a Republican, libertarians, conservatarians, conservatives, uh, secular, ag- non-authoritarian agnostics, and on and on and on it goes. When they come out from underneath that tarp, they can't govern because they have different assumptions of what government is, government is supposed to do. Um, and, 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 and frankly, a lot of times people run into that tarp, not because they disagree with the fundamental assertion of what the American left wants, they just think the degrees and links of it that they want is icky. So then they, then they can't govern and we go through this cycle again. They don't keep promises like repealing Obamacare or building walls or real, pretty much really anything. Uh, the American people don't like that. Um, and then we do this cycle again. The Marxists get back in power. They overreach. There's a reverberation to their overreach. Republicans get back in. They underreach. And so... If I could sum up all polling I have seen, public and private, uh, in my career, it's that Americans don't trust, don't like Democrats, and don't trust Republicans. No, and I think that's a very, very valid point here. And one of the things that I think when we look at our side, if you will, quote unquote, right, is that a lot of people believe conservatism to be something that is nostalgic based, right? We're nostalgic for the founding fathers, mm-hmm. but we seem to not have a very good grasp of the reality of our founding fathers and just how one radical they they were, two, how much they literally were bootstrapping themselves, right? They they didn't know in 1775 or 17, you know, 65 that they were going to create the United States Constitution. They didn't know that. 
They didn't know a lot of things. They were very radical, but they were also a minority that made themselves into the United States of America. And so many people forget. They get lost in the quotes. They get lost in the personality, and they don't understand or realize that in their day, they would have been seen as the radicals of their time. They were different. They were okay being different, and they made a huge difference in the entire history of the world. I think that's well said. Uh, I have for years pointed out there is a difference between nostalgia and tradition, okay? And, and nostalgia is a stifling force. It is a paralyzing force. And, and the human heart yearns to nostalgia more often than tradition because it's, it's when things were better. It's, it's when, um, and if we can recreate these specific conditions or specific persons or, or, or person, then they can be better again. When tradition shows us what has stood the test of time, and that if if updated for the times in which we live, then um, it can those principles can stand the test of time once more. Let me give you a, 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 an example, okay? okay. Uh, and and I'll give you a biblical example. In fact, is that the heart of God, where our rights come from, leans more to much more towards tradition than nostalgia. So Moses leads the people out of out of Egypt. Moses leads the people through the wilderness. And yet when Moses does not speak to the rock as God commands, God does not say, you know, I fondly remember those times you obeyed me. So I'm going to overlook that, even though you directly disobeyed me this time, and let you now finish the job and lead the people into the promised land. That is not what he does. Moses is not, for, is not he is permitted to see it, on his deathbed, but he is not permitted to lead the people into the promised land. Joshua does. This is his punishment for disobedience, for all of his previous obedience, because in front of the people, he disobeyed God. He is still punished. But here's what doesn't happen on the other end, though. Moses isn't reverse engineer, retcon, canceled, written out of history either. The record of his faithful, of the times he was faithful, God still preserves that in the record. Look at somebody like um, uh, look, look at, uh, uh, somebody like Samson, um, the times that you're talking about a guy had, a, had literally a, uh, you know, a, a rewards card at Canaanite brothels. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and yet when the times that he is faithful, those things are recorded and are rewarded and the times that he is unfaithful and when his peccadillos get him into trouble, those consequences are still felt. See, that's the difference between tradition and nostalgia. Nostalgia says, hey, Samson's the guy that chore the, the, the temples to the fish demon Dagon into the dirt, man. We can't go back and tell the truth about, you know, what a, what a cat he was. We can't do that. We got we to, gotta, you know, we got to romanticize his name. Or nostalgia then turns around and says, hey, that guy let us down once, so let's just completely cancel him. What's going on right now is, is two sides are warring over nostalgia in America meaning they're both warring over a lie. This idea that founding fathers did own slaves, yesterday was MLK Day, okay? There are some FBI uh, recordings and evidences of things about him that are very troubling. And, and if true, should make us consider whether we should, we, we should consider having an annual day just about him.
On the other hand, that doesn't change the fact that much of his message, that which was essentially a, 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 a mid-20th century update of the Declaration of Independence, that all people, all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, those eloquent things are all still true. You see what I'm getting at here? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think nostalgia seeks, seeks to preserve people and situations as either perfect or not perfect enough. Tradition looks at the principles of what imperfect people stand for and looks to conserve those things. Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly right. I think when you look at, do we believe as a society in life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, are those things that we should still look to to be a guiding principle, things that we should strive to get closer to? That's the question I think that we have to ask ourselves and put ourselves in a situation to understand because, you know, we talked about this earlier, Pat, and, and after this, I'll, I'll let you take over here. But, you know, we, we have this poll um, coming from Rasmussen talking about the unvaccinated, right? 55% of Democrats want to fine you. 59% want you confined to your home. And 29% uh, even want to take your child if you're not vaccinated. And we still have this group within conservatism or even libertarianism that believes that we have to go backwards to something that existed in the past where we were on the same playing field and we might have disagreed over the tax rate or this policy or that policy. And my contention is you cannot possibly believe what those people are believing and live in the same world as me. And we have two competing worldviews at a loggerheads right now, and it's time to choose. If you believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's time to not be petty about the, the little things. It's time for a fellowship. It's time for us to realize that we are in a fight, because the other side clearly does. With that type of a, a polling number, 55% want to find you, confine you to your home, they want you in prison for questioning vaccine efficacy at almost a 50% rate. I, I don't know how you live in the same world as that. The short answer is you cannot share a society with that. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, and and uh, sorry for the delay. You cannot share a society with that. And those with those views have shown you flat out they do not plan to share a society with you. Sharing cannot be a one-sided event. OK, uh, it is a mutual it, it is a mutual social compact of some degree. And it's very clear that a major American political party is in the throes of a Romans one level of being given over to the spirit of the age. And that's what those numbers quantify. And just so people know, the poll that you cited in that evidence was the second most accurate poll of the 2016 presidential election and the third most accurate poll of the 2020 presidential election. So uh, they have a recent track record of being successful in an era when, uh, for example, the, the CNN poll was off by nine points in the 2016, or I'm sorry, the 2020 election. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. literally could have stood on your roof, counted pigeons and said, that's the uh, election and come up with a, a more accurate poll than CNN did in 2020. So I wouldn't dismiss those numbers at all. And I think they actually explain um, why 
the the cable networks that tailor to that audience, why they are full throat embracing of authoritarianism and and nihilistic levels of divisiveness, as in there can be no reason anyone disagrees with me other than they're a racist. There couldn't be another reason why. That's what I would call nihilistic divisiveness. And it's 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 why they're the policy they never moderate the policy agenda. This is what a rising tide, uh, particularly white, uh, wealthy, affluent white people are really the people most driving this. But black people, all of you guys look, black people watch MSNBC. Okay, so um, a lot that they they vote 80 percent Democrat, but they're not watching MSNBC and not watching CNN. This is largely being driven by affluent white woke people. And that uh, that spirit of the age has taken over a major American political party. That's what those kinds of numbers quantify. And and if it weren't for the Second Amendment, my producer, Aaron, said this recently on the show, and I thought it was very salient. Essentially, now, every time we win. It's not an upholding of the Constitution. It's a dead letter to, to, to half the country. It's an upholding of the Second Amendment, meaning that if you didn't own guns, we would do this to you. If you didn't own guns, you'd have been Australia and New Zealand first. Uh, that's, that's really, that's, if you want to know what does, quote unquote, secular democracy look like without a Second Amendment and without rights that come from God, it's um, most else of Western Europe and uh, Australia and New Zealand. That's what it looks like. So, so Steve, you actually lay out some inconvenient truths um, in this book, uh, one of which is, I think you kind of get at, is uh, looking at ourselves as less as patriots and more as pilgrims and then sons of liberty. Why less as patriots? And, and what would it look like to be pilgrims and sons of liberty in 2022? So a few years ago, I wrote a book called Truth Bombs, and I said it was that, that and I, one of the main chapters lays out a, a, an important, what I thought was an important distinction between being a partisan and a patriot, and that, that the country doesn't need any more partisans. It needs more patriots. Uh, I just wrote that book four years ago, but I, I think there has been such a steep deterioration of the social compact. And what do I mean? Can I define that term for a second? I mean, yeah, sure. sort of the agreed of the agreed upon rules of engagement and citizenship that is between not just it's vertical between the governed and the governed, right? The as the Declaration of Independence puts it, but it's horizontal, like the Ten Commandments. All right. The first half are vertical uh, between you and God. The second half are horizontal between you and your neighbor. So is the social compact in America. All right. It's vertical in that it's between the governed and the governed, but it's horizontal between neighbors. Mm -hmm. That social compact is 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 being all but completely erased now. Nothing is off limits. Nothing that I mean, even the mob doesn't go after uh, wives and children. All right. Um, we're going after Ted Cruz's daughter uh, for being a teenager as we speak. Nothing is off limits. And so when the when the social compact gets erased, then you're in, you have to recognize now that you're in a situation like the 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 16th and 17th century pilgrims in the in 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 England, um, the Church of England, and its its ultimate steward, the king. They're not you can you they're not surprised that the church has become corrupted. They are the corruption. They did it on purpose. 
And so you start off thinking, you know, maybe these people just don't know what they're doing. And maybe if we gave them a Daniel Webster-like pep talk um, and, and uh, Steve Dace levels of data, um, they would be like, oh, shucks. Why, thank you. By golly. I, we were thought oh, the whole time we, we, we were well-intentioned and we were trying to do the right thing. And you've just objectively showed us that it's not working. And so, you know, by golly, um, we'll turn course not. No, no. And pilgrims always start out as Puritans. No one ever gets up and thinks the first step is we got to get on this rickety boat across the English Channel where half of us are going to die with our women and children on board. No one starts there. You end up in that situation because you have come to the conclusion that those who are in power have no interest in reforming. They're the deform. They're, they, they did this on purpose. They did this wantonly, knowingly. Uh, you know, they, they, John Bunyan didn't just spend 17 years in a prison because they forgot his file number. Okay, I mean, this is on purpose. And I think, and I, I know this is a difficult pill to swallow. And I don't think that we should go here cavalierly. You know, as a Christian, the first commandment for me is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is just like it, to love my neighbor as I love myself. So we should not assume, just as we get mad when people assume from us, that every time we disagree with them, it has to be because they're racist. We cannot, let's not do the same projection to others, that there'd be no reason for you to disagree with me other than you're just a God-hating pagan, okay? But we also cannot dismiss the fact that there are periods in time in history when it is just because they're God-hating pagans. And I sadly believe we are at that juncture right now. We are running out of peaceable means by which and, and time to earnestly push back on this and preserve a way of life. And the difference between us and the Puritans of the 16th and 17th century is we have things like elections and we have things like federalism. We have, we have stalwarts put into place where you can create a free Florida in and around an entire country given over to what I call COVID stand or my home state of Iowa, for example. You can do that for now, for now. And so therefore we should take absolutely full advantage of that level of balkanization. You should view living in a place like you do in Illinois or California. Straight up, I'll just tell you straight up, you should not live in those places unless you think you're being called specifically to a mission field. Like, like you wouldn't volunteer to live in Zimbabwe because you like the tax rate. Mm -hmm. you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't live in, you wouldn't live in South Africa because you're like, you know, I really like the currency exchange rate here. You wouldn't do that. We go to those places because there is an acknowledgement that culturally and, and that and culturally it's because of where they are spiritually that that they are misinformed, that they are in darkness and we want to bring them a great light. Um, and so we go there. We live in those places as an act of service, not as an act of citizenship, because all you're doing is subsidizing Lori Lightfoot. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And so that's if you're not there for a higher cause then really you're subsidizing the very system. Uh, these are foreign countries now. They're not American, and they don't view you as an American. You are the other. And they will do unspeakable, untoward things to you if it wasn't for the fact they thought you might own a weapon. And that is just, a, that's a sad reality. And I was late in accepting this because I understood what the consequences would be of doing so. But now we're at a point that the consequences of not acknowledging this are even worse because it will, it will null us to complacency to confront the true level of darkness that is overtaking 
this country at this moment. And so uh, I think it's time now to, to let the lion out of its cage and to, and to be honest with one another about what's truly and really going on here. Yeah, and that's 100% exactly the conversation my wife and I have, have been having. I mean, we're both from Wisconsin originally. Um, I went to Iowa State uh, for a bit of time. And so we, we're having that conversation of, how you know, what are we doing here? If we're not serving, if we're not called, if we don't feel that call, what are we doing? Let, let's, let's look at Iowa. Let's look at Wisconsin. Let's look to leading with our own actions rather and than me, this goes back to the previous conversation we just had about nostalgia and tradition mm -hmm. several several years ago when the evangelical lutheran church of america went, was about was on the brink of going liberal one of the large one of the largest elca churches in america is down the street from where i live and i was friends with its head pastor at the time and and when they were going to give in on sexuality marriage and gender and uh, I helped him uh, write a paper for the journal of this denomination in, in opposition to this. But I asked him, I said, if, you know they're not going to listen. I mean, you don't ponder these things and then come back from the brink. You, you already ponder them. That's why you're at the brink. Mm -hmm. And so when they don't listen, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I'm going to fight for my denomination. I said, why? Well, it's because my denomination, it's, it's, you know, it's where I was ordained. It's where I grew up. I believe in it. I'm like, weird. You call yourself a Protestant and you want to fight for a denomination. That <laughs> seems a little counterintuitive, don't you think? Well, he's still there. And, um, uh, and, and that denomination didn't get more orthodox. It got more left wing. And lo and behold, what happens when COVID hits? They're one of the last uh, major churches in our state to reopen. Because again, you hang out with this element. Bad company corrupts good character. And, and so that's nostalgia talking. There's no tradition in that. Mm -hmm. You know, tradition is, is Luther nailing 95 theses to a door uh, and saying, hey, these are the things we claim to believe in as yeah. a church. Absolutely. And so why do we lose our way with this? That's tradition. He's asking for a disputation over the tradition within the church. Nostalgia is America, love it or leave it. Um, Steve, how can people find your book? You can get a paperback version. It's just 15 bucks at Amazon right now. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that uh, that it your time is valuable these days, more valuable than ever. We look forward to uh, the projects that you've got coming up, and you can follow all of the action at Steve Day Show on Twitter. And uh, there's a bunch of other places, Getter, Gab, uh, MeWe, all those wonderful places. Uh, you can always follow Steve Dace there. So thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. And, I, you know, this last year and a half, I've actually had like former Ohio State players and coaches following my work on COVID. So I appreciate that. But go blue. Nevertheless, guys, thank you. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs>
upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.